0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter at Loafin' It. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. I like to use that as a big news feed so you can find all kinds of different not only fantasy sport content, but also just all kinds of sport content, especially with with basketball coming up very soon. Basketball is going to be hot and heavy, and and I know that I have an interest in basketball and keep up with the new different trends that are going on for fantasy sports in the basketball world. But one of my guys who's plugged in to the fantasy football community and every trend going on, not only is in the fantasy football community, but also I believe, I believe J.B., in the pizza community, too, if I'm not mistaken, fantasy coach JB. How you doing today, JB? What's going on, Wes? You know I know my pizza, man. I'm a fat guy that lives in New
1: York. Of course I know my pizza.
0: <laughs> so it, it, what's your favorite pizza toppings? Because I think I have some unique ones. You know, I'm in Alabama. I'm not going to say it's like possum or anything like that. But I, I have some <laughs> distinct flavors that I like on my pizza. What do you like on your pizza? What's your well, favorite pie?
1: That's the thing, Wes. I'm a plain cheese pie guy because our pizza here is so good that you don't need to add stuff to it. Now, when I went to Minnesota last year and they made me go to this pizza place several times a week that was the best pizza around. Oh, you got to go to Jake's. It's the best. It was disgusting and it was cardboard. So, of course, there I got the everything on the pizza and that's what I ate to try to mash those flavors together to to make it taste somewhat decent. Like you know, when I get Pizza Hut back in the day, I got the supreme because I had to make it at least taste decent. But our pies here, man, I'll tell you, I got five or six different pizza places in my town alone that you could just go get a regular cheese pie and man, it's delicious. when you come up to visit me one day, man, I'm gonna treat you some good pizza.
0: okay, I, I'm all for it. what What makes that pizza unique or better than other pizza?
1: You know, everybody asked that, and I think it has something to do with the dough and the sauce that they use. I, I don't know. It might be something in the New York water, but I, I don't know what it is, honestly, but anybody who's traveled to New York or even New Jersey, I got to give New Jersey a little credit. They have some good pizza, too. It's like, you know, 1A, 1B type of pizza, um, but anyone who's traveled here from another state knows the difference and can instantly tell the difference. I don't know what it is. I've never made it, but I mean... It's noticeably different.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I've heard, and this I I, I may be wrong, but I, I like watching a lot of Food Network. I love cooking. I love doing those kind of things. And there was something about the water... That and this was like a pretzel special or something because pretzels and bagels. It was like bagels, I think, yep. or pretzels, and and it was something in the water that created the malt and the meal and the, and everything to kind of bubble up a little bit more. The yeast, it just had a different effect than in other parts of the country. So it could be with that as well because you know pizza dough has to rise a little bit and it's got the yeasty kind of thing. I used to work in a pizza shop and we used to have. Uh, make a lot of pizzas. So I, I really enjoyed making pizzas, learning a lot about pizzas. I love jalapenos on pizzas. And I, I'm a beef guy. I don't necessarily like pepperoni or sausage. I love beef. I love jalapenos. And I I, I don't know, people may disagree with me. I am really, really a big fan of, of pineapple on pizza. I, I really
1: like Oh, uh, no. Now you're going to start a commotion in the Twitter feed. <laughs> well i do
0: i, I like pineapple. i like sweet i like the little sweet the little salty and then the hot stuff with the pineapples i like hmm. that i like that on pizza
1: yeah i, I don't know that i could do it because i think that it's ruining the slice but ah. i can understand doing it on a less
0: than new york slice of pizza so <laughs> <laughs> you know what else i like uh well, hot dogs i don't know what you like on your hot dogs Uh, Of course people talk about ketchup I'm not a big ketchup guy Although I I do like ketchup I like the sweet stuff I got a sweet tooth But I like on my hot dog I like mustard And then I like to put salsa On top of the hot dog Because salsa's got a lot of different flavors It's got a lot of different things inside the salsa And it's got a little bit of heat in there as well And the tomato I like tomatoes is what it is I really like tomatoes And uh, so you put a little bit of salsa on there And to me that just complements the hot dog Just perfect
1: See, I'm a mustard and sauerkraut guy. If I'm having a hot dog, it's mustard and sauerkraut all day long.
0: Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's our little foodie corner here. <laughs> we talk about a lot of different things. And one of the things we talked about here, at Fit Fam, is is you guys, because you guys have been so great and so good to us here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. You have been sharing the content. You have been sharing our, our, our Twitter feeds, our, our show to different people, whether that's through Twitter or whether or not that's just copying and pasting it and, and sending Uh, text we just really appreciate you doing that the show keeps growing each and every week all the podcasts jb keep growing here on the fantasy impact today network and that's due to the fit fam more than anything else and i can i i just appreciate that love you guys so much thank you for being a part of this movement
1: yeah absolutely wes and last week we had showed a picture of the hat that i had made the fantasy magnets podcast hat and we invited our listeners to share it, to tag five friends, to enter into a contest, to win themselves a Fantasy Magnets hat. Yeah. And i got to appreciate and thank the five of you who did that, tagged five of your friends. Hopefully your friends listened and they enjoyed it. I know that we had a, a list of five of you guys that, that are entered into the contest. And what we're going to do is we're going to run that randomizer. I have all five of your names in a list. And we'll run that randomizer during the show, so stay tuned, and maybe somewhere towards the midway point of the show, we'll run the randomizer and see who's going to be rocking one of these Fantasy Magnet podcast hats. Oh, that
0: is nice, and I greeted everybody at my door last week Oh, who came trick-or-treating. I greeted all the people at the door with my Fantasy Magnet sweatshirt that you got me—the little hoodie—and we had some, we had some movement of people wanting some of those hoodies. By the way, I don't know nice. what we got works for that, but we, we have some people in movement for that. And, uh, I, but I greeted each one of them, and the kids before they could get candy, I looked at them and I stared them straight in the eye. I said, "Have you ever listened to the Fantasy Magnet podcast?" <laughs> No, sir. No, sir, I have not. And I said, are you a uh, subscriber to the Fantasy Magnet podcast? No, no, sir, I don't don't even have a podcasting machine. And and then I'd say, do you follow me on Twitter? Because there's no candy for you if you do not follow at it on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet you had a lot of leftover candy then, huh? <laughs> well, we did. Not a lot of people, follow, not a lot of people trick or treated, and I do. I, I'm sitting at a bag full of candy, a huge bag full of candy. Not only this bag that we still had left over, but also what my girls brought home. And I, I like to start mashing the flavors together. JB, like the different, you know, the different kind of candy bars and the different candies. I like to mash them together in my mouth, you know, just boom, boom, just, just throw three or four of them in there at a time if I can, just to see how the flavors mix. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, Butterfingers do not mix well with anything, okay? <laughs> they just don't. They have that unique, weird flavor. My teeth stick together, like. but something that is very underrated are the Laffy Taffies. Oh, I could eat Laffy Taffies all day. Do you have Laffy Taffies?
1: We do. I, I like the banana Laffy Taffy. That's oh, my favorite. Come on, come that's on. the one that's my favorite. And I don't know if you saw my picture on Halloween. I was a spider magnet. So I had my Fantasy Magnets hat and hoodie on with the Spider-Man mask on. So if you didn't see it, head on over to at Fantasy Coach JB and scroll down the feed. And you'll see a picture of the spider magnet.
0: <laughs> the spider magnet. I like that. I did see that and it did make me giggle. I... Spider-Man was always my favorite guy. All right, let's get into these ball games here. This we're on week number 9, JB. We are past the halfway point, I believe. Past the halfway mark for most of these NFL teams and it's it's disappearing really quick. And I guarantee you that as the holidays come up, on us fast and furious here now. It's going to go by even faster. So stick with us. We're going to keep keep uh, walking you through all these different weeks that we have going on here and all these different games. And our first game starts out with the Baltimore Ravens at the Indianapolis Colts, JB. And to me, I haven't been that impressed by Lamar Jackson. I know we took him, I took him in the very first round or the second round, I think it was a second round of the Razzball Ras uh, draft. Yep. And it has been very disappointing for me there. And oh, it seems is that like- why you're in last
1: place in our division?
0: <laughs> I probably... <laughs> probably. Hey, I've off way more than I could do <laughs> this year, way more. And I just, I did, I had plans going into it, but you know how you think you're Superman or whatever, and you could just do it all? No, nope, That wasn't me this year. Not at all. And, and there's, there comes a point in time where I do want to participate when stuff, but that was a best ball league or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm trying to leave some of those things for some of those people out there who are in one of the top spots. I'm not trying to outbid them for one of those uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm 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 phoning it in a little bit, but it's more out of respect than anything else. And then, like in our other league, whatever league that is, we're in together. I'm still making moves. I'm still trying to pull upsets, but at the same time, I do want to respect those people who are in first place. I'm not quitting, but at the same time, I'm not going to sabotage somebody's season by stealing somebody out from underneath them that they could get. I, you know, it's just not that that's not my style.
1: Nice, respectable.
0: That's respectable. Yeah, but one I'm guy good. that. Go I'm gonna pull an upset. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull upset.
1: I hope you do. I hope you do. Just not against me, because in Hunger Bowl, if that's the one that you're talking about playing mm-hmm. spoiler, and right mm-hmm. now I'm in second place, so pull some upsets on those people around me, and I'll be a happy man. Be a good teammate.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mind pulling upsets, but I'm just not gonna pull people all the time. I, you know. You know. What I mean. But anyway, we have Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson against those Indianapolis Colts, and that defense is looking spectacular right now for the Colts. Not only that. But it seems to me that Philip Rivers is finding a little comfort zone behind that offensive line in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, he is. He had a good game last week, and he definitely looked like he was getting things together. Um, you know, I, they did lose T. Y. Hilton, so he's he's making his connections with other guys, and in the running game. I mean, we saw non-Jonathan Taylor running backs go wild last week. So Mm -hmm. it it becomes a little bit of a tricky offense, even though Phillip Rivers looked like he was starting to click. It's now a tricky offense as to who do you start in his pass catchers in that backfield. It's from a fantasy perspective, it's a tough team to navigate.
0: It really is. And I think for running back, you got to start Trey Burton at this point, right? Because he's getting all the goal line carries.
1: <laughs> yeah, Trey Burton didn't have a. I don't. I don't think he had a catch last week, okay. but he had a rushing touchdown.
0: Yeah, I have my one. I had to pick him up on one of my fantasy teams, and Mo alley Cox came back, so it kind of threw a little kink in that plan. But I let ahead went ahead and left him in there because we only had like five roster moves in that league or something. So I went ahead and left him in there. <laughs> And he did. He had one rushing attempt for a touchdown, maybe two rushing attempts. So he's down there, and he's really getting those goal line looks. I just don't know if I really want to trust those goal line looks because it's not always going to be there. It is tough to navigate that. And I don't really want to say right now that we can trust anybody in that system other than one person, maybe not even this week. I'm sticking. I'm not sticking with them this week. But Naheem Hines, I know that they had a little connection at the beginning of the year. It looks like they have another connection coming out of the bye week. And I think Naheem Hines was a little bit banged up there. Between that those two little segments of the season. So I really like Naheem Hines going forward. It, it, I doubt he's out there on the waiver wire because he's a really hot topic this week. But if I'm if I'm out there in a redraft league or even a dynasty league, I'm looking at Naheem Hines because he might be the Austin Eckler for Phillip Rivers.
1: Well, and here's the thing. The head coach went went out there and said several times this week that we like all three of those guys. You know, we like Jonathan Taylor, we like Naheem Hines, and we like Jordan Wilkins. You know, we like all three of those guys, and he's mentioned hot hand, he's mentioned using all three. So, I, I think that, you know, Jonathan Taylor is obviously the best running back, but he hasn't looked like it. Jordan Wilkins played really well last week, so you start mm-hmm. to wonder if he's going to cut into Taylor's carries. Taylor did get a little bit banged up. Apparently, he was dealing with a minor injury. He should be back this week, but it's still a little bit up in the air. But Naheem Hines is a guy who, you know, his role. He's the pass-catching back. He's the guy who they use out of that backfield as a pass-catcher. So in games that you think that the game script is against Indianapolis and a game that they should be playing from behind and have to throw a lot, then I would agree that Hines is a guy that you might be able to flex or, or get into that you know, low-end RB2 position even in a PPR league to get the targets and to get some yardage out of it and hopefully score a touchdown.
0: I agree. I think the same thing we can say. Both of these offenses, as far as fantasy goes, it's really hard to pinpoint who you want to start from a fantasy perspective for either one of these squads. For me, for the Baltimore Ravens, you know you got to fire up Mark Andrews, but he's just not getting a lot of targets these days, JB.
1: No, he's not. And and we, I thought last week would be the one where they would click and, and that they'd get back on track. And I said the same thing about Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood got a touchdown towards the end of the game to kind of salvage his day, but it wasn't what we expected from them. And granted, they played a tough matchup last week, but I- I'm hoping that this week is the get-right week because you can't really run on Indy. Now, I really like what I saw out of J.K. Dobbins last week, and I think we're still going to be without Mark Ingram, so I think it's going to be Dobbins' backfield with a little Gus the Bus mixed in there. But I think this is a tough matchup against Indy's Mm -hmm. rush defense, and Lamar's going to have to throw the ball. And you know, I hope that he can establish that connection with Andrews and with Hollywood Brown again, kind of bring that back up. These guys have a really good schedule for the second half of the season. So Mm -hmm. you'd like to see them start clicking and start connecting, because a lot of us fantasy managers have been waiting on Lamar, Andrews, and Hollywood Brown to kind of take a step forward and to deliver us. And a lot of people have given up on him. I was able to trade for Lamar in a couple places, to trade for Hollywood somewhere. So, you know, I'm hoping, and I, I got these guys hoping that they do start to click and they use this schedule to their advantage for the second half of the season. But we want to see it, and we want to see it start this week. So I'm going to stick with Lamar. I'm going to stick with Andrews. I'm going to stick with Hollywood. One guy who's interesting is Willie Sneed, and nobody's really talking about Willie Sneed, but he's been getting a lot of action out of the slot. And I, I think that Lamar is starting to kind of trust in him and starting to go to him a little bit as his slot receiver. As you know, at the end of the game when it came down to it and they needed a play to win the game, he threw the ball to Willie Snead. Who saw that coming? You yeah. know, like I, I don't think it was a great decision, but the guy had six targets last week, five receptions, 106 yards. So I mean, he, he's a productive guy in a deep league. If you need a PPR wide receiver, but I'm going to stick with those top three options and hope that they come through this week.
0: I would agree with you, and I think that we can point our finger at Lamar Jackson being more the problem, where last year he was more of the solution to a lot of fantasy rosters, and this year I think he's going to be a bigger problem because it's just not being able to be put all together for him. I think he struggles in this game. I'm repelled against this entire offense. I don't care if there is a squeaky wheel in Marquise Brown. It it just... it. He, Lamar would be apt to be the person that oils it and he's not going to be able to oil it because he hasn't he doesn't complete more than 50% of his passes and that's always spells doom for any offense all right so next one up we got the Carolina Panthers versus the Kansas City Chiefs this is a big one this is one of those fire up every single chief that you could get your paws on i believe we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell really come in there and establish anything yet for those chiefs to me the Carolina Panthers on the road after a really bad loss, they've had a little bit of extra time to get healthy, but I'm just not sure Teddy Bridgewater's healthy this week, JB.
1: Yeah, and Teddy Bridgewater hasn't looked good. I mean, he's borderline droppable. You know, most people have been holding him as a QB, two, and maybe you had him as, as your bye week fill-in for guys like Watson or, or Kyler. So he's mm-hmm. droppable at this point. There's no need to hold on to him because you could waiver a guy that, that'll give you similar production to him. I just hope that his poor play or his kind of diminished play doesn't start to impact what we've been getting out of Robbie Anderson. Because Robbie Anderson's been really a a fantasy steal for a lot of people this year. And I hope that that can continue. I think Robbie Anderson's good enough that he's shown that even with Teddy Bridgewater, he put the ball anywhere near him, he's going to go up and get it and make a play. So I'm hoping that it doesn't affect him and that he continues his performance. But we have kind of seen it affect DJ Moore, and I don't know what to think about Moore. What do you think?
0: No, I. It's been that way all season long, and I, I don't. I'm, I'm glad I didn't pick DJ Moore. It's he. I'm putting him in the same category that I put David Montgomery. You know, those players who were always waiting for that breakout season. Joe Mixon is another guy. We we see those little flashes for one game, maybe two games, and that's it. We don't see it on a consistent basis throughout the entire year. And so I'm not sure that we'll ever be able to see a breakout season from any of these guys. And I think we need to remember that heading into next season's draft.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's been a guy that, you know, for the past four or five weeks or so. He's done enough to to get in that wide receiver three, you know, low end wide receiver two, more like a wide receiver three conversation. You know, he had those three games in a row where he put up 93 yards. One of them, he scored two touchdowns. So he's been playing well until last week when he had two for 55. Now he caught two passes for 55 yards. So that was nice but still not getting double digit points out of him so you can't really consider him like a wide receiver too like you drafted him as so you know you're going to start him you're going to stick with him because you probably don't have a better option but if you do you could think about you know using him as a matchup based play at this point
0: I agree with you. What do you think about that backfield? Now, I think uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be due back this week, which makes him you know, going to be a starting running back over Mike Davis, of course, but I think that they're going to split a little bit more time going here, especially in this game. They're going to split time. I don't think that can stop you from using CMC at this point, but I don't think you need to stop using Mike Davis either, just in case, and definitely don't drop him.
1: Yeah, I've seen him dropped in a couple of places this week, and I think he's a guy that you hold on to as a as a top-end handcuff like you've seen. If anything does happen, if CMC does re-injure himself, then you get Mike Davis right back in there. So you hold on to him as a high-end handcuff if you can. But I also advised somebody to drop him yesterday because he had guys like like uh, Zach Moss on his waiver wire. So it's like, all right, yeah, I'd rather a guy who has a role in his offense than a guy who's just going to be a handcuff. So it depends on the size of your league, if you're in a shallower league or a deeper league. As far as CMC goes, I mean, he's going to be playing this week. So if he's in there, you're firing him up. You've been waiting for him for all these weeks. So you're putting him in your lineup. Um, I do agree with you. I think that they are going to use Davis a little bit more this week than we can expect to see, you know, week two, three from now. So I think they're going to try to lighten the load a little bit for Christian. But I don't think that it's going to be a timeshare per se. I just think that he'll be able to, he'll be used to spell Christian for this week.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think throughout the rest of the season as well. You just, they can't keep giving CMC that big of a workload and expect to get results without injuries. All right. You just, you can't, you can't do that with NFL players. There's the people tackling them are so big, so strong, so fast. Right, so you just you have to be able to lighten that workload a little bit, and I can see this team faltering down the down the road a little bit more. I think the film is back from the Carolina Panthers. Nobody knew what to expect out of a Teddy Bridgewater led offense, and now we know. And I think people have adjusted. Uh, it's time for Carolina to adjust. I just haven't seen that adjustment from them in a positive way for the Chiefs. For the Chiefs, I think we need to keep our eye on Sammy Watkins. I know he's one of those guys that always ends up on my team and always ends up on the IR. This is, I think that they have a bye week next week. I could be mistaken on that. That's coming up real soon. But I think Sammy Watkins is starting to approach healthy. And if he's approaching healthy, we need to go ahead and grab him and put him on our roster. Uh, Because like for me in one of my leagues, I'm struggling with Omari Cooper. And I'm really looking for somebody to replace him. And Sammy Watkins might be that replacement.
1: Yeah, and I was never a big Watkins fan, but he's been productive. When he's out there and he's healthy, he gets targets on this high-octane passing offense. So he's definitely a guy who's usable and and startable in your fantasy leagues. I do think that this week is a great smash spot for Tyreek, though. You saw him him go to work last week in a plus matchup, and I think he'll do the same against this Carolina secondary this week. I think that Tyreek's a guy who... uh, you know, he always has a touchdown possibility anytime the ball's thrown his way. But I think he's got two touchdown upside this week, which is what you love to see out of your wide receivers. I think, you know, they'll get out to a lead on Carolina. But Carolina's going to fight back. They're going to be a team that, you know, you get a Robbie Anderson touchdown. You get a CMC touchdown. And then Mahomes is going to have to keep throwing the ball. So, you know, you get Hill. You get Kelsey. Kelsey become, you know, a goldmine for fantasy managers who have drafted him because now there's really no tight end anywhere near him, really, if you think about it. So, you know, those are your guys, you're, you're sticking with them. And as far as that backfield goes, Wes, you mentioned we haven't really seen much of Le'Veon Bell, or we haven't really seen him break out. And I don't know that this is a week we will either. Again, I think that they they are going to run the ball enough, but I think they're using Clyde as they're between the 20s back. And you might start to see Le'Veon take on more of that goal line role or, or that pass catching role. but Kansas City doesn't really get into many third down situations where they need to pass to the running back. Kansas City doesn't always get into the red zone either because they score those long touchdowns to Tyreek Hill or to Miko mm-hmm. Hardman. So even with that role, which was appetizing to us, and I fell into the trap too. That, oh, he's going to get the the goal line touches and he's going to get the third down work. But if the team doesn't really get down and get stopped at the goal line or they don't get many third downs, then hmm that role is not the same as it is on many other teams.
0: No, it's not. And I think that Kansas City's red zone is really from about the 40 in, you know, it's not, it's not 20 in, it's not 10 yards in and away from the goal line. It's about 40 yards away from the goal line. It's their red zone. (laughs) Hey, the next game we got, we got the Chicago Bears heading down to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. Boy, I've been there to that game. I was there at that game in Brian Urlacher's last year. Uh, he got an interception. He returned it for a touchdown. Devin Hester returned a punt for a touchdown. Uh, that was the Peanut Tillman game, I believe. And I, I say Devin Hester returned one for a touchdown. I don't know if he did or not. I I may have closed <laughs> my eyes and imagined that part, but I I remember seeing Devin Hester go back there to return a punt for uh, the Chicago Bears, and it just got me excited, you know. But uh, that was the Peanut Tillman game, I think, where he like ended up punching out five different balls or something like that out of the Tennessee Titans' hands, which is just a really fun a fun game of a fun time. I hate that I'm not able to go to this one uh, this year, but right now, your guy Mitchell Trubisky is out man. <laughs> he, he hurt his shoulder on one play. He hurt his shoulder. I, they don't even have a backup quarterback. I think Cordero Patterson is going to end up taking snaps at some point under Snitter for the Chicago Bears. And if you think I'm if you think I'm kidding about that, I'm not kidding. He's going to I guarantee you, he is going to line up at least one time in that wildcat formation this week. Cordero Patterson will. And that's just my prediction. I don't I don't, don't, don't please don't, you know, he's not going to be anything not fantasy relevant at all. They need to get a quarterback on this team. They don't. They only have one, Nick Foles, <laughs> who isn't much of a
1: quarterback himself. I wonder if I wonder if Cordaro Patterson could actually hit Darnell Mooney on a deep route. <laughs> oh, no. come on. Now, I mean,
0: he is my quarterback, man. That's my quarterback, JB. That's my quarterback. Uh, uh, we look at the Chicago Bears offense, and David Montgomery is kind of holding his own weight. He's never going to have that big game. He's never. His floor is very. His floor is pretty high, though, you know, 10, 11 points, which you can put him in a flex spot pretty pretty securely. The, the bad thing is his ceiling is like 14 points, right? So he's just going to get you that consistent number right there, especially with those targets since uh, what's his name left, uh, got hurt and got injured. So he's no, not no, no longer in the backfield anymore for the Chicago Bears
1: yeah and I think Montgomery is a guy who's a solid RB2 you know he's a guy that I have on a couple of teams that he's just the lock and load volume play RB2 you know he's not going to do anything spectacular he's not going to have a giant game and score you know three touchdowns and rush for 100 yards but he's going to have enough volume to just put together at the end of a day a solid fantasy performance out of an RB2 and that's all you could really expect from him if you get more on any given week great And he has a great upcoming schedule for the second half. So he's a guy that I'd like to target in a couple of leagues where, you know, this is the end of most teams' trade deadlines. Trade deadlines are are usually around this week nine area. So if Mm -hmm. you can grab David Montgomery, you might be able to get him cheap. He's a guy who's got a good schedule and he's a set it and forget it, you know, a a regular old plotting running back to that's going to be good enough to get you the numbers at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and I think we're both attracted to Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney has really established himself. Anthony Miller had some targets last week as well, and I do believe the Bears are going to have to pass in this game more often than not, so I would say that we can stick with those guys. We're not attracted to any of those tight ends at this point. If Jimmy Graham couldn't catch a touchdown against the New Orleans Saints, he's not going to catch a touchdown again against anybody in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Graham is a, a goal line. He's a goal line tight end. You know, if and they the didn't even throw, throw them, it
0: at him in the goal line. Right. They didn't even throw it to right. him in the goal line. JB, I mean, I was so ridiculous. oh I was so mad last <laughs> week whenever that happened. What are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you trying to do, man? Yep. Uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to put on the shoulder pads. I wanted to put on the shoulder pads okay. just go throw a lob pass to Jimmy Graham, six foot five ten, whatever he is, against a five foot ten guy, and just let him try to catch it. Just. Ryan Tannehill, right? <laughs> I know. I don't know, man. I, I, I Nick, uh, Nick Foles. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is uh, leading the pack for the Tennessee Titans, and of course, we are attracted to him. I believe. I say that. I don't know if I'm attracted to him or not. Now, going against the Chicago Bears defense, we're always going to fire up Derrick Henry, but the rest of that squad against that Bears defense, the Bears defense is playing pretty, pretty hard, man. They're, they're, they're playing pretty hard, and I know they let up some points against New Orleans, but I think that's more of the offensive side of the, the ball, giving up the, the ball a lot of times, and the defense just got a short field to work with.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I'm, I'm not attracted to anybody on this Tennessee offense outside of Derrick Henry this week. You know, I'm definitely attracted to Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have a big week. But, I mean, I've said it against Chicago a couple of times. Their outside cornerbacks play it really well. So it takes out those outside receivers. What I like to target in Chicago is their slot cornerback if you have a good slot receiver or a good receiving tight end. Now, on the Tennessee side of the ball, people still don't want to listen to me, and they still keep running Johnu Smith out there for his two catches for you. I've been warning you guys for weeks, and more so now, with Taylor Luan out, they're using two tight end packages, and they're keeping them in the block. They have to block because they don't have a good offensive line, especially when they've lost the anchor of their offensive line. Johnu Smith is a fantastic blocker. He grades out as like the third best tight end on PFF, and it's mostly because of his blocking ability. He's a really good blocker, so they leave him in to block. Jonu's value was when Corey Davis was out because they used Jonu in the red zone, and he was able to accumulate touchdowns that way. With Corey Davis back... John who doesn't really have that big of a role in the offense anymore. He might occasionally catch a touchdown for you, but that's not a guy I'm putting in my lineup. So I'm repelled by Johnu Smith with a passion, and this week I'm repelled from A.J. Brown and from Corey Davis because of the matchup with those outside corners.
0: I agree, which means we are repelled against Ryan Tannehill as well. Uh, of course, there may not be a lot of options out there at this point of the season. It seems like everybody's going down this year in the year 2020, JP. Everybody's scrambling for players nowadays, my friend. It's it's really getting kind of crazy again. All right, we have the Denver Broncos traveling to Atlanta after that huge victory. I'm wondering if Denver is an intern—if if, if they're not getting set up here for a little bit of a letdown this week in Atlanta. Atlanta is still playing tough. Atlanta is still—they don't care what their record— is and they know they're two and six, but they look at that record and they think, you know what? Let's go on a winning streak, man. We can we can still make the playoffs. That's how it appears to me that they're playing right now. I am a very attracted to though. I, I do like Melvin Gordon, especially if Philip Lindsey is out in this game. He'll be on some turf. That that field in Atlanta always plays a little bit fast, and so I kind of like Melvin Gordon this week.
1: I do too. I, especially if Lindsay is still out. I think he did clear concussion protocol, but he's dealing with a toe injury. So if Lindsay doesn't play, then I like Gordon for the opportunity and the volume combined. So I would definitely stick with him there. One guy who I'm really attracted to this week on that Denver side of the ball, though is Jerry Judy. Really? I don't think I think Jerry Judy hasn't really shown us much yet. And I haven't really been on him most weeks, but he's got a really good matchup this week, and they move him around a lot. So even when they move him around, it doesn't matter who he sees in this Atlanta secondary because Isaiah Oliver from the slot's not very good. A.J. Terrell on the outside and Bleedy Ray Wilson on the outside. I'm not afraid of any of them. So Judy's an athletic playmaker who I think that they're going to look to get the ball in his hands this week, and I think he could be a really sneaky flex play for you this week.
0: I could see that. Now, I say I like Melvin Gordon in this spot, and I do like the field and everything. Atlanta's not, they don't give up a lot of running plays. I'm I'm sorry, they don't give up a lot of rushing yards is what I'm I'm thinking of. But now on the other side of things, Denver has really been letting up a lot of rushing yards to running backs, and so I do like Todd Gurley as well on the opposite side of things. I love what you say about Jerry Judy, and I'll tell you why. On the opposite sideline, you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. And, and then Jerry Judy's over there on the Denver sideline. All Alabama guys. This is kind of a coming home party for Jerry Judy a little bit in Atlanta, because this is where he played a lot of games in the SEC. So it's going to be really familiar. I bet you there's going to be a lot of people in the stands for Jerry Judy. I am definitely trying to fire up Jerry Judy wherever I can find him in some kind of spot. That's what I'm going to do.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I know a lot of people that have had him on their bench and just waiting for the breakout. It might be this week, so don't miss it.
0: Yeah, and now for the Atlanta side, I do like I said, I am very attracted to Todd Gurley, Julio Jones as well. I think Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage are both a little bit banged up, and Calvin Ridley, I'm not really expecting him to play. And if he does play, I've never seen him play very well, banged up. So I I just wouldn't expect a lot of things out of Calvin Ridley. If you have to play him because of bye weeks and so forth, then you're going to have to play him. But I'm going to say that you shouldn't expect a lot out of Calvin Ridley this week. I'm a little bit repelled against him, but I am attracted to Hayden. Hurst because of that.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing with Ridley, I mean, they have a bye next week, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them let him sit out this week. He's got a foot sprain. He, you saw him leave the Thursday night game, you know, so he's had that long week to rest give him this week to rest, give him the bye week, and then let him come back healthy. And I agree with what you were saying about Atlanta to begin with. They're playing hard, and I think it's Raheem Morris. And I think that they like Raheem Morris, and they want to play hard for him as an interim coach so that maybe he does have the opportunity to take on the full-time job next year. So I think they're going to continue to play hard, and I think that's a part of it. So yeah, with Ridley banged up and And with Gage a little dinged up, too, I think it's going to be a good Julio Jones game. And then it'll have to be a Hayden Hurst game, especially if Gage is still banged up. So I I think Ryan's going to have to throw the ball. I think Denver's going to keep this one tight. It might be a slower-paced game. I don't know why games are usually slow-paced until the fourth quarter like last week was. So, you might see a lot out of that running game, so I do agree with your take on Todd Gurley, but I would not be repelled by Matt Ryan and I wouldn't be mm-hmm. repelled by Hayden Hurst cuz you're going to mm-hmm. put those guys in and, you know, Hurst obviously if you have a better option fine, but this is a good week for volume for him with with Ridley likely not playing.
0: I agree with you. Hey, man. Hey. I've told you 10 times to stop running in the house. JP, I'm sorry. Dalvin Cook keeps running all over the place. I know the game ended last Sunday, but he is just running. Come on, man. He's Uh. he's, He's interrupting podcasts. He's doing everything. He's just running through the house, us left and right. Dalvin Cook could not be stopped last week. And I don't think Dalvin Cook will be able to be stopped this week either against the Detroit Lions, especially if Matthew Stafford ends up not playing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that one's up in the air because we don't know if Stafford's going to play or not. He he can technically still play if he tests negative all the way through Saturday, so he can technically play. But there's nobody on that defense stopping Dalvin Cook this week. And I think that what we saw last week, and and it was a good spot for DFS players who used him. Obviously, the multiple touchdowns is great, but he wasn't as high-owned as he should have been either because some people forgot about him coming off the injury in the bye So they were going with other running backs instead of Dalvin Cook, and and he made them pay for forgetting about him. So I think that this Detroit defense isn't going to be able to stop him either, and you could certainly see another multiple touchdown week out of Dalvin Cook this week. I agree.
0: I think so, too. I'm not really attracted to Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, or Justin Jefferson. I know we're going to have to play those guys because of these bye weeks and the COVID situations that are going on in the NFL right now. So I'm not scared or repelled against them either, going against that Detroit line offense. I'm going to tell you another little sneaky play that I think is going to end up happening because I could see this Minnesota game getting kind of out of hand, and they do have to manage Dalvin Cook's miles. Okay, I don't want to say reps because when you're talking about Dalvin Cook, you gotta, you got to gauge that stuff in miles of how many miles he's run, you know, <laughs> from week to week. And Alexander Matson, he might be a good play, a little sneaky play to be able to get some work in, especially in the fourth quarter, maybe even some uh, goal line work possibly this time around because I could see him having a big play from around that 20-yard line and in to be able to run it in before Dalvin Cook gets to get in before, uh, at the 10-yard line. So yeah, I, I that's-
1: like I I agree. That'll that'll depend on the game flow also. I think it's if it's a game that they're gonna be up by a lot, then they might get him in there to spell Dalvin Cook. I mean, remember Dalvin had the, the injury so he sat out and rested. Then he had the bye week so he rested. So I think he's pretty fresh right now. So if they're in a closely contested game, I don't think they're gonna play around too much. Um I am attracted to the two wide receivers because these these Detroit cornerbacks aren't very good either. So I think that both Dillon and Jefferson have good matchups and and I'm never really attracted to Kirk Cousins. I agree with you on that. He's just a guy who you just don't like to start. And if you have to, you do it and hold your nose. But, I mean, those wide receivers have good matchups. They, they both know how to get open. So I'm sticking with Thielen and Jefferson along with Dalvin Cook this week. And you know what? I might even take a flyer on Irv Smith as a pay down option on my DFS lineups.
0: Well, and, and I could see that. And I, I'm just not stacking up these uh, D, uh, these Minnesota Vikings this week. I'm just not stacking them up. And I, I, I'm going to play Dalvin Cook solo in any kind of redraft league or in Dynasty. Of course, you guys start those guys that we were talking about sitting. Now, look, uh, you say how the game flow goes. Chase Daniel is going to be the quarterback, possibly Sunday, for the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay is out Sunday. I mean, it says it's doubtful, but he is out Sunday yep. against the Detroit Lions. And they might play my guy Cephas, Quintez Cephas, they might end up having to play him again. I don't I don't see that happening. It seems like he's found the bench ever since that first game or two whenever he found those 12 targets on the field and only came up with like two catches. He, he's been grabbing a lot of pine since then.
1: Yeah, and everyone's talking up uh, Hall. Hall had a good game, mm-hmm. Marvin Hall, last week. But he's a little guy. He's a 5'10", 190, little, little receiver. He doesn't really play the Galladay role. So I think that Cephas would be the guy to step into the Galladay role if they need an understudy for Kenny Galladay. So I'm at $4,600 on FanDuel. He's my pay down guy to be able to get these higher owned Dalvin Cook guys, higher priced Dalvin Cook like guys in my lineup. So I am throwing Cephas out there a couple of spots, and I think I'll like Cephas even more if Chase Daniel is the quarterback, because that's playing on the thing that you talk about a lot of the times, Wes. When you get a backup quarterback in there, who are these second stringers that they've kind of had a connection with? Um, So I think Cephas becomes more in play if Chase Daniel's the quarterback. Now, like I said, it it might not be. Stafford has a chance. He, He didn't he was in contact with someone who tested positive. He's not symptomatic or anything. So if he, as long as he tests negative, he Stafford will be in there on Sunday. But I think Hawkinson's the guy who I like in this offense, especially with Galladay out. That's a guy I'm going to stick with. I think he's he's keeps taking steps forward. I think next year, I mean, if you're in a dynasty league and you have him, you're loving what you're seeing because next year I think he he gets up into that elite level. But right now he's trending in that direction, so I'm going to stick with him.
0: Yeah, Chase Daniel was a dinker and a doinker. And if the Detroit Lions have any aspirations of winning this game, they're going to have to really play a lot of ball control on this game. I could see Adrian Peterson getting a lot of work um, just just because he's a grounder and a pounder, right? But Chase Daniels is going to dump that thing off to a little Danny Amendola, to a TJ Hawkinson. And then I, it seems to me that DeAndre Swift has caught some passes. But I just wonder if Carrion Johnson isn't that guy who's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield for Detroit. I've got to look into that one a little bit more.
1: Wouldn't that be unfortunate for everybody who just still can't figure out this backfield? I'm I'm repelled by the backfield in general just because it's so hard to predict. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you'd like to see Swift start to take over. I just don't know if Pencil Boy is able to just start one running back.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And that's why Chase Daniels is a dinker and a doinker, and that's why I like the Amendola pick this week and the Hawkinson pleak. All right, so let's look at the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have decided to not allow Gardner Minshew any, to be quarterback anymore. I know he's a little bit hurt, allegedly. I put quotations up in that. I don't think you saw that over the over the microphone, but he's hurt, and they're starting Jake Luton this week, JB. That makes me repelled against a lot of these players.
1: Yeah, we don't know what we're gonna see from Rootin' Tootin' Jake Luton this week and you know, it <laughs> makes me afraid for, for Chark and Chenault and pretty much that whole team except for Thompson. Uh not Thompson, except for because you figure Robinson's the guy who who's gotta be handed the bowl and given the volume because you don't want to put too much pressure on Luton and and I'll be honest with you Wes I mean I've I've looked at some tape during the week but I don't know much about Jake Luton um so I don't know what to really expect from him but for a guy who you didn't even talk about and the scary part to me is that the coach left it open saying that you know oh we'll see what happens we'll see how he performs almost like not guaranteeing that Minshew is going to even get the job back so right you know Luton's got to be looking at this like oh here's my chance I could take over this franchise this week so he might go out there firing looking to do big things but uh, that Houston defense is going to you know JJ Watt and crew is going to have their ears pinned back looking to go get him so uh, I don't know I, I don't think he's going to be able to do much
0: yeah, I no, I agree with you. And so, you know, going into my second string quarterback, who is he throwing to in the practice squad, this might be a Chris Conley game. You know, I'm 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 gonna put Chris Conley in as a flyer every once in a while on those DFS lineups, just because I could see how that connection happens. It seems like Chris Conley is always that guy whose name pops up when you least expect it to, and it and it's not with the starting quarterback, it's always with the next guy, you know?
1: Well, and it's also usually when one of the other receivers is banged up. I agree with your take on that. But with all three other wide receivers healthy, it's just yeah. a matter of if he's gonna see the field. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, well D. D. Westbrook did get placed on IR, not that we say D D Westbrook's name very often. But it's just a hey, it's once again it's one of those it's one of those thoughts of how do you find how do you squeeze any kind of juice out of these lemons right here to make some lemonade, <laughs> I don't know that you can other than James Robinson right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. From, Maybe the, it's guy,
1: from the guy who brought you the Joe Flacco stack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked. It would have worked. Okay, I'm just telling you. We will never know. But in a separate... Uh, in, <laughs> in, a, in a lineup somewhere in the great space galaxies, that would have worked. Uh, for... <laughs> On the flip side of that, I am really attracted to the Houston Texans this week with Deshaun Watson, David Johnson, Will Fuller. I'm going to be stacking those guys up, and I believe your guy Jordan Akins is finally healthy.
1: Hallelujah. I can't wait to get him back, and I was able to get him in a couple of places where I wasn't able to hold on to him, so I was able to grab him back up, throw him right in my starting lineup in a couple of places this week. He's also going to be in my DFS lineups. Now, here's the thing. I love, and I'm sticking with I'm very attracted to Deshaun Watson this week. I think he's got a great matchup against this Jaguar secondary, which ranks 32nd in the league in DVOA, and I know that because Randall Cobb is one of my sexy flexes this week, so I put that in my article mm-hmm. because Watson and Cobb have been starting to have a connection. Cobb's been getting a lot of targets coming off a big game last time we saw them before the bye. Generally, teams coming off a of bye play well. But now, you know, I, I think this is going to be a 300-yard game for Watson, multiple touchdowns. I just don't know which receiver is going to get him. You know, could it be Fuller? Could it be Cooks? Could it be Cobb? I don't know. So I'm putting my boy Akins in there with Watson in my lineups, and I'll sprinkle in a little Cobb. And, you know, in season long, sure, you, you're going to start Will Fuller. You're going to start Cooks because of the plus matchup. So I'm sticking with this whole offense this week and what I think is going to be a nice offensive performance from him.
0: Yeah, and I like what you said about that, Houston. Uh, I'll keep wanting to say Oilers today. Houston Texans (laughs) defense this week. Uh, I like that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The next one is really a low-point total game. I don't know that we're going to find this a lot on DFS slates, but it can actually be a kind of, I want to say, a sneaky little game, man, because the New York Giants and the Washington football team They were both running new systems at the beginning of the year when I think they put up 39 points respectively between the two of them. And I think that that game was a a bad weather conditions, too. I'd have to go back and really triple check that one. These are all things going off the top of my head and what I've heard other people say. So I need to go back and triple check that. But this one right now, the New York Giants offense has been clicking. OK, the Washington football team's offense has been clicking before that bye week and they've had a bye week to kind of get prepared for the Giants. And I don't want to say it's a must win game, but this is a must win game for the Washington football team who is not completely out of it in the NFC East at all. So, so they are right in contention with all this. And I think that they have a talented enough squad to be able to compete for that title just a little bit in the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys going away right now.
1: Yeah, and that division, as we know, is a mess, and and I put in my article also that even if Trump and Biden tied Pennsylvania, they'd still both be in the hunt for the NFC East. So, hey, (laughs) I, I don't know. I mean, this is a game that, like you said, both offenses have looked like they've started to click and started to improve. The quarterback play is what worries me on both sides of the ball. Both of those quarterbacks are prone to make mistakes and prone to make bad decisions, but they can both throw multiple touchdown games in there at the same time. So it's tricky from a fantasy perspective, especially with both defenses clicking. Both of those defenses have been playing better, and I like both sides of the ball as low-end DFS options if you need to pay down for a defense. Because, I mean, we're looking at You you mentioned the low point total. It's like a 42-point total. So nobody expects a lot of scoring to be made. Now, you know, Shepard and Slayton... One of them can break, and you usually slate on a long play. Shepard on the volume, so I'd stick with those guys as you know, wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two guys that you could put in your lineup. You know, Wayne Gallman is a volume play if you need to, because I don't mm-hmm. think Freeman plays. So if you need a guy dealing with injuries, dealing with bye weeks, and you need a volume play at running back, Gallman's a guy who's going to get some volume and can get in the end zone for you. And I'm sticking with Evan Ingram because you see the trend of the targets just continuing to increase for him. And he was actually able to make those catches over the shoulder going down the sideline last week. So I'm sticking with all of the aspects in the Giants offense, but I'm a little nervous while I'm doing so. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can understand that, but I, I think people are going to be fading them this week, and so it could actually be a pretty good stack this week uh, from what I've heard in, or what, what I've read in some of the chat rooms. So that's what that's what I'm looking for is some New York Giants depth this week to be able to play them, and I did hear Devontae Freeman is kind of getting healthy, so I'm not really sure about that. I, I'd stay away from the backfield. No matter what, if Devontae Freeman's in there, he might get those goal line looks. Or who knows? Maybe Evan Ingram and uh, Trey Burton are having some kind of contest of which tight end could get the most rushing yards this year. I don't know. (laughs) It might (laughs) be.
1: Might be. It's (laughs) it's easier to talk about the other side of the ball though, Wes, because there's really not a lot of fantasy aspects when we look at that side of the ball either. I mean, you, you talk about Terry McLaurin as the guy, and he he definitely is the guy. I mean, he's got double digit targets three out of his last four games. So, I mean, he's a guy who they're constantly peppering with targets. You're definitely starting him in your lineup. You know, he's probably a low-end wide receiver one for the volume, but we'll call him a wide receiver two in your fantasy lineups. And then I like seeing Gibson kind of taking a step forward in that backfield. Now, if this is a, a... a game that's a tight game where it's ground and pound and they're running hard. It's going to be more Gibson and you're not going to worry as much about McKissick taking touches out of the backfield as the pass catching back. So I'm going to stick with McLaurin. I'm going to stick with Gibson and I might even stick with Ian uh, Logan Thomas, who you've seen start to take on a role as kind of that second target on that in that passing offense.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely has. We kind of sniffed that one out at the beginning. I won't say the beginning of the year, but we just saw that one coming, and it's been coming for a while. It's starting to be put together, I think, with the a, a, a positive influence that Kyle Allen's had underneath center for them at quarterback uh, instead of Dwayne Haskins. It's really kind of started clicking with Logan Thomas a little bit more, and you know that they're going to have to look somebody else's way other than Terry McLaurin with how those DBs are able to lock up those wide receivers from the Giants' perspective.
1: Yeah, and I always point out James Bradbury from the Giants side, and he'll probably see a lot of McLaurin, but looking back at the last matchup they played with the same two matched up, McLaurin still had seven catches on 11 mm-hmm. targets for 74 yards. He didn't get in the end zone, but seven for 74, still a productive wide receiver two for you. Who
0: was who was probably quarterback at that game? What week was that?
1: That was week six.
0: Oh, okay. It was so- only a few weeks ago. Yeah, so it probably was Kyle Allen. All right. right, Very good. Very good. I like that one. Let's get to one more, and then we'll take a little bit of a break. Here, uh, let's go with the Seattle Seahawks against the Buffalo Bills. Here's what I'm wondering. Did that Seattle defense wake up, J.B.? Or was it because of you know all the different injuries that San Francisco had? Because San Francisco started clicking once they you know, got in the second half of the game, and then the game was getting over with. They started being able to move the ball a little bit more. But we know that Seattle can move the ball a bunch up and down the field. And to me, the Buffalo Bills defense, it's not what it used to be.
1: No, it's not. They've looked a little suspect. They haven't been as shut down. I mean, even shut down cornerback Tredavious White hasn't been playing to his high level this year. So, you look at that DK Metcalf Trey White matchup and you in the past you would say, "Oh man, Trey White's going to probably lock down DK a little bit," but I don't know if anyone can lock down DK to be honest with you. I mean, the guy's just superhuman. I mean, he he's a cyborg, he's from another planet. I mean, he's he's just he, he's my favorite player in the NFL, so I mean, I can't say enough good things about DK Metcalf, so I'd lo- I- I'm interested in watching this matchup to see if Trey White can kind of step his game up to kind of try to contain DK Metcalf, which will force Wilson to look Lockett's way, who has a really plus matchup, especially when he's running out of the slot against Teron Johnson. That's going to be a really plus matchup for Lockett.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. It surely is. And we look at that. So it might be another Tyler Lockett week this week. Another week that it could be is DJ Dallas. If Chris Carson doesn't come back healthy, Carlos Hyde is out. DJ Dallas looked pretty good back there. I think you can stick just about any running back back there and they will look pretty good as long as they have a couple of fresh legs.
1: Yeah. And DJ Dallas ended up making a couple people's week last week, you know, mm-hmm. coming in with that touchdown at the end. Hey, it was nice to see Dallas score a touchdown, right? Hey! <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely a, a volume option if Chris Carson doesn't play. He's a guy who you saw catch some passes out of the backfield, and he got the bulk of the carry, so he's he's a volume play that you can plug into your lineup if Carson's not playing.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're, we are attracted to a, just about every aspect of that Seattle And of course, Seahawks. Russell
1: Wilson. We don't even need to yeah, talk yeah, about no, it. No. We We are so attracted to Mr. Unlimited.
0: It's getting about time, though, for Buffalo... To say to Josh Allen again, hey, man, remember those first three or four weeks of the season whenever you were just rocking? What's changed? And maybe what it is is that, you know, that the films come back. People have made those adjustments that that they adjust in the NFL, again, the defensive side of the ball because they're really smart people. If we think we're smart in looking at football, we are nothing compared to how how smart coaches are. You know what I mean? Even the dumbest coach is a lot smarter than me. Okay, that probably goes without saying, right? But, I mean, those guys are those guys look at stuff. They pick apart stuff. They really get are able to identify things, and I think that's what's happened with the Buffalo Bills offense right now. I think that they've gotten kind of stuck in the mud, but that's because the defense has changed. I want to see how the offense is going to change. Maybe they did last week by handing the ball off a little bit more than just relying on Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, and and that backfield was a split backfield last week. We saw Singletary and Moss share the workload evenly. But what I did notice, and it's good to point out to our listeners, is that when it got down to the red zone, it was Zach Moss's backfield. Singletary had one snap from within the 20, where Moss had six. So it's something that you like to keep an eye on because you know who's the guy that they're going to use in that situation to get the touchdown. And I think that it, it might start to sway even more towards Moss's favor. It was an exact 50-50 split as far as snaps go last week or touches go last week. But I think it's going to start to swing in Moss's favor. So Moss is a guy who, if it again, you're at the end of your trade deadline – target Moss you could still get him now I put a warning post out there for you last week it might be your last week to buy low on him so now you're gonna have to pay a a regular price for him but I'd go out there and get him I'm very attracted to Moss out of that backfield but I'm also attracted to Stephon Diggs in this matchup I think that Seattle is look Seattle's probably going to be scoring a lot we know that they can put up points so Buffalo's gonna have to keep pace with them right So Josh Allen's going to be forced to throw the ball. He's not going to be able to just hand it off to those backs. And I think the matchup with that Seattle secondary is very favorable if you're looking at guys like Stephon Diggs. And I even love the matchup for Cole Beasley out of the slot against Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is pretty bad. I have him on my dynasty league and I actually have to start him this week and I'm cringing because I have to do it. But I'm hoping he allows enough passes in his coverage that he racks up some tackles like, you know, 10 yards mm-hmm. down. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think Cole Beasley is a good play in a plus matchup this week is a sneaky little flex play.
0: I could see that in Zach Moss. They're going to need him. He's a plotter, right? He's a plotter, and as the season goes on and the weather gets a little bit worse in the NFL season, that's when he's really going to shine because Devin Singletary looks like he's the slasher and all that stuff in the backfield. So I think that they're going to need Zach Moss a lot. And one of the things that I really like to see in this offense is that Josh Allen was handing the ball off inside that red zone, instead of just taking it upon himself. Now, I think that's going to digress here in this game. I could see a nice Josh Allen game. I am I am attracted to Josh Allen in this game because it seems like when he has to win a game, he kind of takes over the game and really sets the tone, sets the pace. And so I could see Josh Allen coming out here and really doing that again. Now, that doesn't mean that it's fantasy success right? Because last couple of years when we saw Josh Allen starting to break out, it wasn't tremendous numbers like it was in the first four weeks, but it was those consistent 20 numbers without the huge touchdown numbers to complement it, but more the rushing touchdowns. And, and I think that's what we see out of Josh Allen, where he, this is going to be a one-man show this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I, I think that he's going to have to step his game up in this matchup. He doesn't have a choice.
0: I agree with you. Hey, JB, let me remind the listeners that they are listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am your host, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter, nearing 4,000, by the way, JB. You could be one of those lucky 4,000 members of my uh, Loafinit fan club, I guess. That that sounded so terrible, so (laughs) terrible. At Loafinit on Twitter. You can find me there, and don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore, and you can head over to Anchor FM as well to find whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on there you can find the podcast uh the fantasy magnet podcast the fantasy impact today network you can find it right there and then make sure you subscribe to the podcast however you like to listen to the podcast or whatever platform you like to listen to the podcast on you can subscribe right there if it happens to be on the itunes app slap those stars around just a little bit and also don't forget to leave a review or a comment and hey look at my man at fantasy coach JB on Twitter. He always comes out with those sexy flexies here on Thursday afternoon. I believe that's when your your release time is typically for those. And you always have that article for Raz Ball. Raz Ball. Did I say that right? Razbol. Raz Ball. Raz Ball. Who oh, hosts the Raz Ball? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Don. Thanks a lot, DT, for making yeah. that happen in my brain. Right? Uh but so make sure you follow him because Jb is the, my, my he is my um, were what, what the game show contest contestant or you're not the contestant you were a contestant but now you're the host you're the game show host for the fantasy impact today network and you are the guy who's giving things away you're the guy making things happen like that so you must follow JB to find out how to win some prizes from the fantasy magnets
1: appreciate that at fantasy coach JB I love interacting with everybody so definitely oh, yeah. if you're not following me yet. Give me a follow. Any questions you have, or even just to talk football, I love it. My wife doesn't love it as much when we're eating dinner and people are going, "Hey, can you take a look at this trade for me? Let me know what you think." But I love doing it, so appreciate everybody who follows. And and you know, speaking of hosting a game show, let's play.
0: Who gets a hat? <laughs> I don't. That was that was. That was improvised a little bit right there. But that was work.
1: good. I was I was thinking I was thinking of music in my head when I said it, so I'm glad you came through with it.
0: Yeah, well, great minds think alike, JB, and so do simple minds, and that's what we are.
1: <laughs> so what we did is we asked everybody. You know, I shared the photo of the Fantasy Magnus Podcast hat. We asked everybody who was listening to share the post, share our our podcast, and tag five people in it. I know a few people did it on Twitter, a few people did it on Facebook. So I appreciate everybody sharing it and we have 5 people who are entered who qualify to be entered into this random giveaway. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so I have the 5 names here in a list. I'm on random.org. I made a list. I'm going to I put the 5 names in. I'm going to shuffle it up and whoever the winner is, I'll contact you. I'll get your mailing address and you'll be the proud owner of a new Fantasy Magnus podcast hat.
0: I think their name is Wes Easley, by the way.
1: (laughs) You didn't do it. You didn't tag five friends. You shared the post. You didn't tag five friends, so you didn't qualify. But the the five that did qualify is Joe Rodriguez, Jordan Loop, Pistol Peter, Canadian Michael, and James Burkhalter. So here's what we're going to do. I have them in the list here. Wes, I want you to pick a number for me between one and ten, and that's how many times I'm going to shuffle the list.
0: Oh, well, my wife's favorite number is eight. So I shall take the number eight. And plus, if you turn it upside down, it's the same number. So it's really easy.
1: (laughs) All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to shuffle the list eight times because you gave me the number eight. And we'll see who our winner is. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight and our winner is canadian michael hey canadian michael with the win congratulations congratulations my friend one of my fa nation buddies i'm happy he won uh it's just gonna cost me some extra shipping to send it up to canada probably right
0: wow yeah well i don't know you know it's it's uh (laughs) i don't know they even have any kind of shipping up there in
1: canada I don't know how that works. I'll send it to Niagara Falls. You can go and grab it there, all right?
0: <laughs> hey, that's great, though. We'll be represented there, and it is a cool looking hat. A great, great hat, and and also a great a symbol emblem. Is that what it is? What is it? A, a an emblem that. A logo? Uh, a logo that Loop made that Jordan Loop made for us. So so we do have to get something to Jordan Loop. I, I look, JB, we gotta get something to Jordan Loop. I know he participated. He's been such a great supporter of the program in many different ways. So we re- really do appreciate all five of the contestants that we had. Just a fantastic job. Thank you, Fit Family, for all the support that you've given us throughout this entire time of the Fantasy Magnet podcast. Did you disappear?
1: Yeah, yeah that
0: what he said. <laughs> you're kind of taking it back, aren't you? Right now, I mean, you're getting emotional. JP's getting emotional over there. I mean, just so many people have supported us though throughout this time, and that's just been wonderful. And that helps us keep going too. By the way, you know, as 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 a fantasy football analyst, which I don't know if that's what I am or not. I, I'm just a talker. To be able to see the numbers go up in the podcast, that is very encouraging. To be able to see people share it, that I'm like, hey, who shared that this week? Because you, you kind of get the same people that share it because we all kind of support one another and so forth. And when somebody comes out of the blue and shares it or supports it, you're like, hey, look at that. That's nice. It's a little ray of light. I mean, it is. It's a little ray of light because there's so many different people in the fantasy community who are putting out really good content right and so we're just trying to find our share of the pie we try to be a little bit amusing we try to bring you good solid fantasy content here and and you know it's one of those things where whenever we do this we're doing it out for fun we're also doing it for you the listeners to be able to provide some light into your life uh in and it's find some Fantasy content as well that hopefully will be able to enable you to win your fantasy leagues throughout this year, which I think it has. I know. I know doing all this has helped me be able to win my league that I'm so desperately trying to win this year. Uh, some of those leagues, not so much. The boy JB, I moved up a notch. You know, um, in the amateur ranks, I am a good fantasy player. Can <laughs> I tell you, Can I say that I am a good fantasy player? Uh, when when I started playing against these guys, I've only been playing fantasy. Honestly for about 5 years. I mean in my mind I've oh, only been playing fantasy for about okay. 5 years. So I don't have a lot of experience under my belt, right? I got a lot of eyeball tests because I've been watching football. I'm a 48-year-old man. So in that in that time frame when fantasy football really came popular or became popular, I was getting into that, hey, get off my football lawn. You know, that's what I was. So I wasn't joining leagues. I wasn't joining teams. It just wasn't something I was doing. And then somebody came up to me and said, look, you really got to join. You just got to play one time. And I let that first year even slide by me. I joined. I didn't pay any attention. I didn't know what was going on. And then I started getting more and more involved. And and that's when, you know, things really started happening for me in the fantasy fantasy world. Because that's when I started getting really emotional over trades, right? <laughs> Why didn't you accept that trade? Why didn't you accept <laughs> that trade? How come? What? What's going on? You know, and I start, started trying to figure out all that stuff. So it's become a passion of mine. And I hope to be able to share that passion with a listening audience and to find good friends like you now in the fantasy community that we can support one another, not only by sharing our content, but also um, just just pushing it out there a little bit more to others who may not have ever heard it.
1: Absolutely. And what I loved last week, too, Wes, was in one of my home leagues, uh, my friend Rob, who listens to us regularly, put the link to the podcast in our league chat. And one oh. of the guys in, in the group—and I didn't know that anyone from there would listen to it. You know, It's more of one of those leagues where the league chat is used to just kind of talk smack to each other and, and give jabs at each other and whatnot— but one of the guys, you know, a couple hours later messaged me and was like, hey, JB, I was listening to your podcast and you sound good on there, man. Every, you know, keep up the good work. Uh, so it was, it was awesome to see not only, you know, did we gain new listeners and somebody actually listened to us, but they enjoyed listening to our podcast and and hopefully gained some knowledge out of it. So I, I love to be able to share all the work and research that we do and, and just, you know, the hours of watching football with people who... You know, just just want to hear somebody else's opinion. I mean, this is a guy, and, and a lot of these listeners are solid fantasy minds. So yeah. our our perspective is is helping to add to their already you know solid thought process. And hopefully, like you said, it's helping people win weeks and win leagues.
0: Yeah, did was that the guy? Is that the guy who you said wanted my autograph? JB?
1: <laughs> no, that was the guy who actually was was saying that you're still pronouncing to his name wrong. <laughs> uh.
0: Hey, hey, good luck. Good luck trying to get me to pronounce that right, right? Tuatagavalua, Tongava. It's a -a Tongava. It's got an unga in there. It's an unga. Uh, No, no, it's Tuatagavalua. Okay, I'm in Alabama. We have different dialects down here, y'all. Okay, can I just say that to y'all? All All right, I try to clean it up down here. There you go, Trump. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) JB, this next one, I think this is going to be a shootout, and I have been so impressed by the Las Vegas Raiders and how they've been able to win football games it doesn't you you line them up against somebody it, whatever kind of game style you want to play the Raiders are able to play that style and they're able to beat you let's not forget that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a shootout not long ago they also beat Cleveland Browns in a ground and pound sorry about that there my friend but they beat them in a ground and pound game and then the Los Angeles Chargers come in red hot uh, Herbert is just doing so tremendous as a quarterback back there. This is actually a weird one, because when I look at the expected score from Odd Shark, it has the Los Angeles Chargers at 32.9. They were pretty right on this, by the way, this this game total, I think, against Denver, or a couple of weeks ago. They had them at like 39 points, and they were just about right. They only have the Raiders slotted for 20 points this week, JB. That seems so low to me. I, I I like the Raiders in this game. I think this is a stack them up and and run them back with the other team game from either side.
1: Yeah, you know oh. the the, uh, the Chargers just seem to find ways to blow games. You know they're 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 the Falcons of the AFC. I guess you know like their two and five record doesn't show how their offense has played and and the fantasy relevance that we've seen out of their offense and. I don't know. I mean there's I want to say that this could be a stack it up and run it back game, but it could also be a a slow game as well. I mean, you like her you like what you've seen from Herbert, so you're going to stick with Herbert. Obviously, you're sticking with Keenan Allen because he they seem to have a connection together. And I like Mike Williams, so I'm sticking with him too. I'm also sticking with Henry. I think that Hunter Henry's been disappointing, but he's still, you know, you figure he's got to be a top seven tight end with the way that the tight end landscape is. So that's four guys in the offense you're sticking with. Even if you're not gonna stick with that backfield and you are gonna be repelled by it. So there is four fantasy relevant startable players in that offense. So you might be right here.
0: I no, I I think it is, and I think whenever I look at the Raiders, I know Josh Jacobs had a huge workload last week. But man, when I think about those San Diego Chargers, the uh, San Diego Los Angeles Chargers defense they're not what they used to be either. They remind me a lot of the, about the Buffalo Bills, and it really seems like they let up a lot of points each week to a lot of different teams.
1: Well, yeah, they had a lot of injuries coming into the season, so I didn't expect that defense to be as good as it as it could have been had they been completely healthy. They still got solid guys up front with Bosa and Melvin Ingram, but that's about it. Once you get past that, you don't really have much there. I mean, Perriman, the linebacker, is pretty good, but that's it. So I, I think that the... the Attack from Oakland is going to have to keep up with the Chargers, so I would expect to see a lot of Josh Jacobs. I have Josh Jacobs as a top five running back option this week. And I think Darren Waller is obviously a must start, but I think he's going to be a top three tight end this week. So you got two guys there who are are really solid fantasy plays for you this week. I am repelled by Aguilar. He's not a guy that I'm sticking with. People were attracted to him a week or two ago, but I'm repelled by Aguilar, and I'm still kind of in a wait and see with rugs. So it's going to be Jacobs and Waller I'm sticking with on that offense if I am going to stack up the charges and run it back with some Raiders.
0: Yeah, now see, and and when you say that about Aguilar, that's the time when Aguilar comes out and, and plays well, right? Whenever you least expect it, or whenever you kind of give up on him, then boom, he has another big game, right? He yeah, I mean, he's but, playing the Cleveland Browns last week in a game that where nobody could throw the football around at all. So I, uh, this man, this is this is a, this is a this is a great place for Aguilar to be able to uh, play well.
1: But he's Aguilar. He's Aguilar. Okay. He he's a guy. Yeah. So yeah, he could catch a long touchdown, and you could go, "Oh, see, Aguilar. but he's Aguilar. I'm not attracted well, I, to him, and I'm I'm over. I'm always gonna be repelled by Aguilar.
0: I'm over him. Hey, the, did you ever hear? And, and I'm not a huge dynasty player or anything. I'm in one dynasty league, but it's pretty shallow, so I don't even have to really worry about picking up a quarterback that's gonna last me forever in that league. Look at the third string quarterback for oh, uh, the the Chargers. Look, can you see it? Can you see no, the third string? Because I I mean, really, there, it's no. the second string quarterback. It's really the second string quarterback for the Chargers. Whenever you think about Tyrod Taylor, you know what his name is? Easton uh, Stick. Oh,
1: it's yeah, yeah, yep, yep. What is yep. what is Easton that? Stick. He's the rookie from North Dakota State. Oh, for come second on, second year now. That. I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think it's second year. Yeah, you're reading it, JB. You're not fooling me at all. No, Easton Stick, Stick was really good in college. Uh, look, North Dakota State. I that is that actually is a quarterback university, isn't it? They they score a lot of points in North Dakota State, I believe, don't they?
1: Yeah. I mean it's one of those uh what is it, Missouri Valley Conference or one of those conferences yeah, that's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. shoot out, shootout, shootout.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just I, I I I was I was really attracted to the name Easton Stick. <laughs> I was really attracted to that name. Uh, As you talk, I start looking at all the different names and everything. I'm listening to you, but I'm just looking at the different... uh, All right, next one. Speaking of different names, the next game features... I don't. I don't know who does it feature at quarterback. It's not going to feature Cooper. Or, uh, uh, it's not going to feature Cooper as a wide receiver in my lineup. I guarantee you that this week, Buddy Rowe. Actually, it, it may have to. I think I'm down to him because Galladay Galladay is out. Okay. So I'm like I only carry like three or four wide receivers, and uh, that that guy from from Philadelphia is on a bye week this week. So I'm I'm just really in trouble. Agalor.
1: Yeah, well, you you ruined my segue because you skipped the game in the middle of, from the one that we just were talking about.
0: Did I? Oh, the oh, Tua Tagovailoa. I'm sorry, I sure is. I, I skipped. So the next game, JB has Tua Tagovailoa in that against the Arizona Arizona Cardinals. This game, I boy, Tua did not come, did not disappoint us last week, did he? Because that's exactly what we expected out of him. Well, he didn't have to do
1: much last week. You know, they had defensive scores and, and you know, he really didn't have to do much at all in that offense. So, you know, this is really the first time that we'll actually see him have to do something because they should be playing from behind against this high-powered Arizona offense. So this will be the week that we'll actually get to see what two has got and who he's going to throw the ball to. So I'm interested in seeing how he plays this week in this matchup.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I mean. We expected him to do just about nothing last week, so he didn't disappoint us. Yep. <laughs> we, we thought it was going to be a disappointing matchup for him, and it, and it really was. You know who I ended up substituting two or four? Who? Jimmy G. Oh, picked, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got two points out of my quarterback. I also got like zero points out of Galladay last week. I got one point out of Cooper, you know, so it's, it's well. And then I had Kareem Hunt in that lineup, so I got like five or six points out of Kareem Hunt, and I still beat the guy. You know why? You know why? Because I had Devontae Adams. I had Cooks lined up in the backfield. And I had DK Metcalf as well, my friend. So I just, (laughs) that's all I needed, homie. That's all I needed. Nice. There you go. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, I saw Tua, though. He was really looking Devontae Parker's way. And I know Devontae Parker scored a touchdown last week. All it takes is one guy. And, and two is going to key in on that guy. And it's those slant patterns that he really likes that I said that he liked in Alabama a lot, too. And we didn't see him really go downfield much last week. He likes that short passing game. So uh, whoever he ends up being attracted to himself out there, like a fantasy magnet is attracted to a player. Whoever he's attracted to, that's who the player is that you need to key in on. Because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot in Miami, especially this week. I don't even know who they're going to line up at running back.
1: Yeah, nobody does because you thought, you know, obviously once you saw Gaskin go out and he was placed on IR today, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. Everybody was running to pick up Matt Breida and now he's dinged up and he's questionable. He's not even given to go this week. So uh, it's a tricky backfield. There's, um, you know, obviously Jordan Howard is there, but Jordan Howard has shown that he's just a goal line type of back. So he's not a guy that's going to get the workload this week. Um, people were talking about, um, Laird who we saw a little bit last year and Laird is really not a guy who I'm going to rely on in my lineup. So I'm really not going to stick with anybody in this backfield, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's, there's really nobody there that, that I'm attracted to. I think two is going to have to throw the ball. And I'm not really attracted to many people on this no. passing offense either. So from a fantasy perspective, from a NFL perspective, I'm interested in watching the game to see how Tua does. But from a fantasy perspective, I'm probably only sticking with Gesicki if I have to, if he's my only tight end this week. And, you know, maybe you stick with Parker, even though he was disappointing last week. But, you know, you kind of have to if you have to. So uh, that's about it. I'm not, I'm not yep. really excited about this offense.
0: No, but for the Arizona side of things, we're firing up Kyler Murray. We are attracted to DeAndre Hopkins. I imagine you're attracted to Christian Kirk as well. I know I am in DFS because he's a lot cheaper than DeAndre Hopkins, and I always want a piece of that pie. Unfortunately, Chase Edmonds' price has gone really up on the DraftKings app, so I think that Chase Edmonds is one of those players that we can play because he seems to be able to find his way into the end zone whenever he does get touches.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and if we're talking about your season-long fantasy league, you're going to stick with Kyler Murray. You're going to stick with Hopkins. You're going to stick with Kirk. And you're going to stick with Edmonds. And if you were lucky enough to have that lotto ticket of Edmonds, this is the week you were waiting for. You know, you get a matchup where they should be playing from ahead. He's going to get the volume. He's going to have the bulk of the work. You know, normally we think of him as the pass catching back in that offense. Well, with no Drake this week, he's going to get it all, baby. So, I'm going to look to get Edmonds in as many lineups as you can if he's in your seasonal league, and and I'm going to roll with this offense and and hope that it puts up points that we hope it does.
0: Yeah, no, I I really think it does. And I know there's a little bit of smoke coming out of Arizona about Kenyon Drake being back at practice a little bit. I'm not saying that he's necessarily practicing, just being back at practice. The injury is not as as big as it was uh, suspected to be. Listen, Kenyon Drake was in a walking boot, right? And they said it was nothing earlier in the season. And then we saw him in in the preseason. Then we saw him struggling early on in the year, and that was the only reason that I could suspect that he was struggling so bad is because that injury was worse. Kenya Drake, I always said this about Drake, didn't I? That he always gets banged up. That he always gets those nicks. That he always gets those bruises. So I'm putting you... The fantasy crew in charge of not allowing me to draft Kenyon Drake again next year (laughs) in any league that I'm in to hear to listen to my own words and to not fall in love with that Alabama running back who I pretended could be so explosive this year, um, at least in my mind. So, yes. And, And by the way, Chase Edmonds last year, whenever he did get an opportunity to shine, he got banged up, too. It might be an opportunity. I'm just saying, if you have a stashable player or a stashable spot in your roster, to go ahead and grab Eno Benjamin at this time because he's the third stringer. They're going to need somebody to run the ball. And like I said, Chase Edmonds has had that history, in my head anyway, of getting a little bit banged up as well.
1: Yeah, and and I think Eno's going to mix in a little bit because obviously Edmonds isn't going to play the entire game. So you're going to get to see a little bit of Eno this week. And, you know, if you're in a bind and you need a guy who can get in there and, and do more than anybody on the Miami backfield's going to do, then certainly
0: <laughs> this next one, we can go over this one really quick, really easy. Can't we JB of who oh, we're yeah. attracted and who were repelled against the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Dallas Cowboys? I don't know. I don't know who the Dallas Cowboys quarterback is going to be, and it really won't matter going up against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense right now. This is going to be a huge game for James Conner, I believe, at this point, because James Conner, he needs to be fed. They need to get him some stats. They need to get him some numbers, and this is a great opportunity to do that. And to kind of rest Ben Roethlisberger's elbow a little bit in this game.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what? I think that it's going to be a good game for everybody on that So I, I on that side of the bull. So I mm-hmm. am attracted to that whole Steelers offense. Even if you have to start Ben this week, I would do it with confidence against this Dallas secondary. I think that you're right. Connor's going to get a ton of volume this week. He, they should be playing from ahead, be able to feed him the rock, let him run the clock. But I think that Ben's going to be throwing a little bit, too, especially in the beginning of the game against that Dallas secondary and taking advantage of it. Now, you know I'm a big Deontay Johnson guy, but something inside me tells me that this week is going to be a week that Chase Claypool scores a touchdown. I think he'll take advantage of a matchup that he gets against Trayvon Diggs, who's been god-awful, and I think he'll be able to burn him and Roethlisberger will hit him for a long one, so I think it's a good week to start Chase Claypool if you have him. I think Ebron's startable. I think Deontay and Juju are even still startable, so I'm sticking with that whole offense this week and a great matchup against Dallas.
0: Yeah, it is. a. I am due for a loss in one of my leagues that I play him, and that guy has got Chase Claypool, and so I, I've seen all the stars aligned, where it, is, where it is going to be a Chase Claypool week this week? Hey, keep in mind, I look at my fantasy rosters like I look at my Chicago Bears, and so the sky's going to be falling each and every week. But I just see the I see the stars aligning as well for this to be a big Chase Claypool week. I don't think that we can trust any Dallas Cowboys uh, right now. We don't know what's going on there. I that, the only the only person I can trust on the Dallas Cowboys is the bus driver who's going to be <laughs> taking them. You know, I mean, just he's got to get them out of the stadium pretty quick at this point. They're ready to go. They're ready to leave.
1: <laughs> yeah seriously and and you know zeke came up on the injury report this week mm-hmm. questionable so i told somebody just yesterday I, he showed me a list and this is one of those people that would text me during dinner time and my wife was looking at me funny but i love the interaction so i'm answering him and i'm looking at his free agents and and tony pollard sitting there on the free agent wire i said pick him up and just stash him there because he's st- he's one of the best handcuffs to have and if zeke is a little nicked up whether he, even if he does play, they might want to get some Tony Pollard in there. And we've seen him mixed in in a standalone role. So, with whether it be Garrett Gilbert or, or uh, Cooper Rush or whoever they decide to start at quarterback, they're not going to rely on them to throw the ball 50 times like Dak was. So, I think both running backs are able to get volume this week. But against that Pittsburgh defense, I'm not attracted to anybody on the Dallas side of the ball this week.
0: No, and I told Pierre this about the Amari Cooper situation. Amari Cooper's not going to go out there and line up on, on that field very often if nobody's able to throw him the football. It's just not going to happen. He'll stand over there on the sideline with a little with getting banged up a little bit, quote unquote, banged up a little bit. He'll stand over there like he's like he's hurt because he's not he's not going to go out there and play whenever there's not enough a, a good enough quarterback to throw him the football. It's just not going to happen. And he's definitely not going to do it whenever he watches Gallup and he watches uh, who, who's the other guy? Who's the rookie? Lamb. Oh, yeah, and C.D. Lamb catching all those passes. He's just not going to do it. I'm just telling you. He's going to go stand over there on the sideline. And then I, I, told, I told Pierre, I said, and it won't surprise me if Emmett Smith goes over there and stands right next to him. Because it just... <laughs> I mean, there's what? What are they going to jeopardize their careers for at this point to well, be able Emmett to Well, Emma Smith's every... career
1: is over, but I can oh, see that's Zeke hey, doing Smith.
0: that. Oh no, <laughs> Zeke O'Leary. You know, the over under for me making uh, mistakes, like big mistakes, not pronunciations of Tua tungavalua All right, not not those kind of mistakes, but just throwing in '80s '80s football players. <laughs> did you hear what I did on the on the John Priscilla show? No. I put Devin Booker in there as a backup running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. Devin Booker, uh
1: huh. You
0: don't even know who that is. You don't even watch basketball, JB. Do you watch basketball? Booker on the on
1: the Phoenix team, right? On the
0: Suns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a he's a stud on the Phoenix Suns. Dating yep. a Kardashian, I believe. So that's the end of his career, oh, as we know. It. Done. Yeah. So let's go to this next game. Let's let's skip the one. Okay. Let's skip the one. Let's save let's save the one for last. Let's go to the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets, JB. Right now, and we're looking at this. This is going to be uh, this is a slobberknocker, man. This is the New England Patriots season. Uh, if they lose against the Jets, homie, if they lose if they lose on Monday night against the Jets, what in the world is going to happen to that roster? It's past the trade deadline. I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do to it.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It's scary because it could happen. I mean, you look yes. at no one that's Jets oh and eight Jets team, and you figure all right, you know they're they might not win a single game this year. But then you look at the way that New England's been playing. And it's almost like they're trying to lose. I mean, instead of kicking the field goal to tie the game, they run some play with Cam going out and fumbling to lose the game. It was almost like, like Belichick called in a play to the headset. All right, uh, Trevor Lawrence on one. Trevor Lawrence on one. Ready, break. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. This, this, this team, this game is gonna be ugly. I mean, it's got a, a point total of forty-two, so they don't expect it to be high-scoring. Um, I, I think that you'd like to be able to say you could stick with Cam in a game against the Jets, but can you? He hasn't looked himself. He hasn't thrown no. the ball well. He doesn't really have anybody to throw to other size, uh, other than you know the law office of Jacoby and Myers. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm kind of repelled by this whole offense, except for my other sexy flexy, Damian Harris, who I think can go for over 100 yards and a touchdown in this matchup. So that's the only guy I'm sticking with.
0: I'm, I might break your heart a little bit because I did see where Sony Michelle was back at practice today. That's right. He, he is eligible to get off the IR this week, so that, that's not a possibility worried. too. Not, not worried, worried at all.
1: Not worried. Damian Harris has looked to have taken over that early down role. Even when Michelle gets back, they're not just going to hand the reins over to him. Harris has been playing well, so. I'm not worried about that one bit. I mean, he's run for over 100 yards in two out of the four games they've played. So I'm not worried about that. I think Harris is still going to have at least 15 to 20 touches this game. Even if Michelle comes back, call it 15 touches, he could go for 100 on 15. So I'm not worried. Sure.
0: And we are attracted to a possibility of a Jamison Crowder playing again. I think that, you know, anytime Jamison Crowder uh, puts on the uniform, is able to go out there, you got to put him out there. you got to throw him in your fantasy lineups as well, any chance you get an opportunity to. Um, and I think Denzel Mims is getting a lot of targets as well. I've let that Chris Herndon bus uh, ship sail myself off into the distance, but I don't mind a Denzel Mims and I don't mind a Jamison Crowder.
1: Yep. Those are the two guys in the Jets offense and, and even maybe a little bit of the Michael P. Ryan for the volume part of it at a passing mm-hmm. game because you're figuring games that Jets are a team that usually plays from behind. So he's the one who gets the, the receiving work. Now, he, he had a little bit of a letdown last week, but I think that they do want to see what they have out of him. So they're going to have to start giving him more if Gay's... I don't know. I'm not going to get into if Gaze <laughs> hey, can make look, the right decision, but look,
0: Gaze, Gaze is going to give Frank Gore a contract for the next ten years at halftime. Okay, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trusting the Michael Piron. Frank is out there playing more snaps than Piron. He's, he's out there getting the ball more. No, no way. No way. No. I dropped. I'm. I dropped the Michael Piron because I picked him up. Right. I started believing the hype a little bit, and I dropped him by halftime last week. I just said forget it. I, I'm getting somebody else, and, I, and so I dropped him. That's what I did. You have a very quick drop trigger finger, I've noticed. Why not? Why not? I mean, it leads to fantasy. I needed a kicker, but I didn't have a kicker. So I was waiting to see how the scores were looking, and I was like, okay, who am I dropping? And it was Lamichael P. Ryan because he only had like one fantasy point or something like that, and I needed a kicker. And so I I picked up a kicker, and I ended up winning the week by my kicker's uh, abilities, by the way. There you go.
1: All right, so you so had to next... sacrifice the Michael Pirine for a win. <laughs>
0: so so be it, and he's still out there on the waiver wires, by the way, so that's, a, that's quite all right. All right, so we have uh, the next game. This is the big juicy matchup on Sunday night football. I'm so glad they put this one on Sunday night, right? So we're able to watch this one. The New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are slotted to score 30 points, while the New Orleans Saints are only slotted to score 19. And it looks to me like the Saints are coming back a little bit healthy. I kind of wonder if they weren't waiting. For Michael Thomas to come back for this game, just so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't have any film necessarily on him for this year anyway. We know what's gonna happen whenever Michael Thomas goes out there and suits up. But I-, I wonder if they just weren't saving him or if Michael Thomas wasn't saving himself for this matchup.
1: Yeah, I mean they probably wanted him to rest up and be healthy for this matchup. They probably figured they could beat the hapless Bears without him last week, and they did. I mean, so you yeah, want they a made fight, it close <laughs> Fine. They made it closer than people thought, but they saw a better opponent coming up the next week, so they wanted to keep yeah. him rested and make sure he was healthy for that. And obviously, hey, J.B. The division.
0: Maybe <laughs> I'm I'm pointing at something right now. You may not be able to see the scoreboard that I'm pointing at right now, but the scoreboard says the Bears beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it was in the it, it was fourth down. By the way, it was fourth down, just in case you needed to know that.
1: Yeah, 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 and I'm still pointing to the better team who had a letdown on a <laughs> no, Thursday night no, you're, game, right. So. you're right, you're right, you're right, I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: you're yeah.
1: right. <laughs> I know, I know. You like to throw jabs this way, and you know what? Look, like hey, I, said, I didn't throw the first punch! Like first I said punch. last week, even a broken clock is right twice a week, right? <laughs> uh, twice a day. So, you know what? It, it happens sometimes. You get those let-down games against lesser opponents like the Bears, so... It happens. Congratulations, you got your win. That that's your Super Bowl because we know that the team ain't going to one. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. It's not really my Super Bowl either. I was just as shocked as the next guy, and I'll just continue to pick every opponent of the Chicago Bears. Back to this game, though. Um, you, I do think that they wanted to be healthy coming into this game because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is just being spe- is just spectacular right now.
1: Yeah, and it and it's played really well. I mean, you've seen a little bit of a letdown on on last week's game, which was also kind of a look-ahead spot against the Giants. So they didn't sure. play as well as they have been all year because I, I think they were kind of looking ahead to this matchup a little bit and kind of, you know, played down to a lesser opponent, which I don't like to see as a Bucs fan. But you did see Jamel Dean get kind of burnt a couple of times on what could have been touchdowns if Daniel Jones would have hit his receiver or seen his receiver. But the pass rush is, it was in his face, so, you know, there was one time that, Slayton got open and burnt Jamel Dean, but the pass rush was in Jones' face, so he couldn't get the ball off. So I, I hope that they can pressure Breeze the same way. You're going to look to see Carlton Davis lock down Michael Thomas with him being back, and you get Sanders on Dean on the other side. So you got some really good wide receiver cornerback matchups. Um, Alvin Kamara is going to be the wild card here, because the Bucks have been really stout against the run. We know the linebackers are great. And the the, the front for the, the, for the Tampa Bay defense is really good against the run. One of the best run stuffers, Will Golston, who's one of my favorite human beings in the world. I met him once, just a super nice guy. I have an autographed helmet of his game used right behind me here. But he he was in contact with somebody who was positive for COVID this week, and he's one of their best run stoppers, especially with Vita Vea being out. He said that if he, he's in the same situation as Stafford. If he tests negative for the rest of the week, he will be able to play on Sunday. So if he's out there, it's going to put a little bit of a wrench in Kamara, The wild card on this game, Wes, is going to be Kamara. If Kamara can break free on some, whether it be pass plays or running plays, then I think New New, New Orleans has a shot here. But I think that's going to be what it comes down to. What do you think?
0: I think that there's a bigger wild card in all of this than you're giving him credit for. Now, let me say this, too. I want to make sure everybody's aware of this because Emmanuel Sanders may be out there on some waiver wires, and he's healthy now. I think he's eligible to come back from the COVID list, so he might be somebody who had a real good connection with Drew Brees, and if Michael Thomas is does not play, Emmanuel Sanders was seeing a ton of targets before this, before this game started, and yes, he may not be able to shine in this game going against that Buccaneer defense, but he's a great pickup for the rest of the year because there might be... B. There just still might be something going on with Michael Thomas and that New Orleans Saints front office or head coach or something going on. I'm not quite sure. If I don't see him come back healthy in this game, I don't know when I'll ever not see, I'll, I'll ever see him come back healthy again this year. But let me just tell you what I suspect to happen. This is one of those uh, uh, limbs that I that I went out on and I told Johnny about. I was going to save it for you, but then John John wanted uh, John Frisella wanted to know about this as well theories, because he thinks I'm crazy. He thinks I live on Mars sometimes. Uh, so Mike Evans, right? He has a history with the New Orleans Saints, especially Marshawn Lattimore. Last week, we saw, who was it, C.J. Gardner-Johnson or something like that? Now, see, I say something like that. I'm reading that, John. I- I'm reading that, JP. Just, <laughs> just right there, right in front, right there in front of me. But uh, he, had, you know, we saw him last week play really rough and tumble with that Chicago Bears defense, and and what, who was it, Wims ended up getting ejected because he slapped him in the helmet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was because of what uh, Gardner Johnson did beforehand. And we know Mike Evans, right? Mike Evans is not afraid to start jawing out there on the field. I think I think Mike Evans is like a John Stocktonish kind of player who just throws those elbows in the wrong places. Against players, you know what I mean? You, you watch him run down the field, and you see him in a cornerback kind of getting tangled up, and all of a sudden, Mike Evans' elbow always ends up in their neck somehow. You know what I mean? It's just that's how Mike Evans plays. So him and Marsha, Marshawn Lattimore already have a history. Gardner Johnson is is already a little I don't know punkish looking looking to fight somebody. Look maybe Mike Evans gets into a fight. I don't think Mike Evans plays that well whenever he's mad. I think he he his head gets out of the game. He starts thinking about the player lining up from him and I think the New Orleans Saints getting Mike Evans' head, I'm repelled against Mike Evans. I don't even know that Mike Evans will play it through the whole game, especially if Tampa Bay goes down. This looks like a game where I see Mar- where I see Mike Evans ejected at some point. This was a vision I had. Eating too many eating too many butterfingers. Yeah, but it sounds it sounds tangible, doesn't it? It sounds tangible.
1: Yeah, and Evans and Lattimore have mixed it up in the past. I mean, they've had scuffles on the sideline. I remember, I think it was a year before last, when Lattimore (laughs) hit uh, Jameis Winston on the sideline, and Evans came over and just shoved him from behind and chucked him into the sideline. So, I mean, they have bad blood. They've tangled before, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen again. I just hope Evans is smart enough to not get himself ejected in in such a big game on Sunday Night Football because, you know, the Bucks really need him. And Brady has, what I've seen, and I was talking to actually Canadian Michael about it today, that, you know, Brady seems to rely on Evans when he, he needs somebody to make a play. Like, sure, he'll go to Gronk in the red zone, in the end zone for the touchdown. But when it's third and long, it, it's almost like, a, you know, where's Mike? All right, here you go, buddy, make a play. So, you know, a, a, it's great to see because it, it's also in the red zone. Evans is definitely a touchdown magnet, those short passes in the end zone. But Brady seems to trust Evans, and he should. I mean, Evans is one of the top ten receivers in the league from a, mm-hmm. from a standpoint of, of just being physically gifted and being a great wide receiver. So I, I hope he, he keeps his head cool and that he doesn't let these guys get to him and he's able to step up in a big game. And on the other side of that is, is your boy Antonio Brown coming back into the league. I shouldn't I don't say your boy.
0: It's more like Tom Brady's boy now that they're yeah. living together, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and and I, I don't know why Tom's not going to Mike Evans a little bit more. He seems to be underutilized. It might still be a nagging injury that we don't know about. And yes, Antonio Brown is coming back. And we, we've seen it in the past whenever he played with New England just for a brief moment. They don't need reps. Okay, they Those two guys know what they're doing. They know those plays. Tom Brady hits that back shoulder, and Antonio Brown's able to adjust to that. I can see Antonio Brown getting a touchdown. I can see Antonio Brown quickly becoming one of his favorite targets because I think he was a favorite target to start with with him. My question is this. Is it true that Leonard Fournette has taken over this backfield, J.B.?
1: I believe we're we've seen the shift and it, and it's not that he's the starter because I think Ronald Jones is still the starter and I'm doing air quotes when I say that because they give him the first opportunity and as soon as he fumbles or or doesn't go out of bounds or if you know he he sneezes to his left side instead of his right side, that's it. He's done and up oh, Leonard go ahead and then as long as fournette doesn't do anything stupid, he continues to take it over. I, I expected this backfield to kind of be a split. With Fournette kind of being the sixty part of the sixty forty, but I'm thinking it's more like a 75-25 at this point. And look, this will be the week that Ronald Jones doesn't make a mistake and he just keeps grinding. But I, if I have two and I do and in one of my leagues, I have both of them. I'm starting Fournette. I'm not starting Rojo. Okay.
0: All right. Well, very good. Who do you are you are you, are you just drinking the Tampa Bay Kool Aid and you do pick them in this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely picked them. I mean, we we lost to New Orleans in week one in in New Orleans in Tom Brady's first game with a new team. So that was expected, and it was a close game. So I, I think the Bucks are going to really come out to try to make a statement for the division this week. You made a good point about Brady and Brown having a connection no matter what. Uh, Good things this week. Bruce Arians was saying that even in the walkthrough on Tuesday or Wednesday, Brown was going full speed and he's shown that he has a good grasp on the offense and on the formations that they run. Mike Evans at the end of last game, when they asked him about Antonio Brown coming, he goes, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's another great weapon on the offense and maybe it'll take some of the double teams away from me. So that goes to the point that you were making about, you know, Evans kind of disappearing every once in a while, but it's also because he's being bracketed most of the time. As the main wide receiver, he's getting bracket coverage, getting the safety over the top. So maybe some of that dub- double coverage does come off now with Antonio Brown in the mix, with Gronk kind of stepping back up as being another, you know, one of those top seven tight ends now. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely sticking with this Tampa Bay offense, and, and I think it's going to be a really fun game on Sunday night
0: i do too it looks like a fun week of fantasy football and nfl football as well jb you did a wonderful job breaking everything down as always where can they find you on twitter
1: at fantasy coach jb looking forward to interacting with you all as always
0: yeah, send your start sit questions, anything you have like that over to Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. And don't forget to follow me as well. At It on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter there. And don't forget to follow the show or the Fantasy Impact Today Network at FI Today with a little underscore. There. And JB, I like to post everybody's content, use that as a big page where everybody can find tons of fantasy football content. You can just scroll through there and be like, oh, look at that writer. Oh, look at that contributor. Oh, look at that person. Because one of the things we love to do here in the fantasy football community is support each other's work, right? Support each other's work. That's what we love Absolutely. to do. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and don't forget to head over to Anchor FM, whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on, you can find us there. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast there. Share it with your friends. You've been doing a great job with that, fantasy, uh, fam, uh, fantasy fam. We appreciate you doing that so much. And, 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 hey, just because you're not winning anything doesn't mean you can't take this podcast. Tag five friends in it and send it out that way. The more people we have listening, the more opportunities we have to be able to share not only fantasy goodness, but also our personalities. And not only our personalities, but we get to share you as well, fantasy fam. So we appreciate you so much for doing those things. Make sure you slap those stars around for us. Leave a comment. Leave a review if you can. But more importantly than all those other things, especially nowadays, we want to encourage you to find a way to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.